It's a lousy test. But it's what every Jedi does. Exactly. Look, you want a real test? Name it. Okay, I'll make you an actual test. And then we'll see what you really learned. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to the 180th Tacitly Tackling the Tales of the Jedi episode of Mandivision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is still on social media, at least for now. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future. It's, it's turning to the wild, wild west again over there on Twitter. We'll see how these things shake out, but you can still find us over there on Twitter and Instagram at Mando underscore Vision. You can do a long-form email if you want to. If you want to uh, uh, put a lot of thoughts out there for me, hit me up at mandivisiontom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share this show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Well, how is everyone doing? Uh, as this episode drops, it will be Halloween, so happy Halloween, Bucketheads, Buckethead Nation. Hope you have a great uh, trick or treat out there tonight. You know, maybe over the weekend you went out to a shindig, had a little party, uh, had a little adult party, a little adult beverages, a little adult trick-or-treating. I don't Is that a thing? I, I don't know. Uh, or, or maybe tonight you're taking the kiddos out and you're going to stroll the neighborhood and get, the, get, those, get all the Twix bars you can handle and uh, share them with me because I enjoy a good Twix bar. So <laughs> happy Halloween. Have a great night out there. Be safe, uh, but have a lot of fun, all right? But in a safe way. Safety. Sort of the key thing for Halloween, right? Be careful out there. Watch out for the weirdos. They are out there. Not just the ones, not just the scary monster weirdos, but the other weirdos. Keep an eye out. Safety is, is sort of the primary... You know what I'm saying. All right, let's go ahead and get into the show. Uh, we're here today to talk about Tales of the Jedi. They dropped this on Wednesday. Uh, I mentioned it on our Andor podcast on Wednesday. It was a big Star Wars day. A lot of content to consume for Star Wars on Wednesday. And consume it, we did. And, yeah, Tales of the Jedi dropped. They released all six of their episodes. Uh, I didn't pay super close attention to this series when, during the lead-up, after the announcement and things like that. I knew there were shorts. I didn't really pay all that much attention to, to, to what they were going to be. I, I kind of just want to watch these things when they come out and, and be surprised and kind of consume them and process them and think about them. Uh, I don't want to – you know me. I don't like to do speculation. I don't like to get ahead of myself as much as I can. 
And so uh, getting to sit down and watch these uh, six episodes, you know, they're all about 15 minutes a pop. So, you know, some plus or minus a few minutes here and there. Um, just, but just really solid Star Wars storytelling. But a lot of the, the, the internet, a lot of the fan base uh, worked up, worked up again. This is sort of, you know, this has kind of become a norm amongst us Star Wars fans where we get real worked up about something uh, when, when, it, when, it, when it doesn't, when we don't like something, we let you know about it. And, and again, again that's, that's kind of the, the, the role with fandom, right? We love something until we don't love something. And if we don't like something from the, that hurts our, our fandom, our appreciation of the material, we will go on the internet and be very, very vocal about it. Um, I'm, I'm here to tell you that I think a lot of the criticisms for Tales of the Jedi, particularly in regards to the, the notion that these stories uh, kick out of canon two very highly uh, appreciated, respected work works, if you will, of, of the fandom, right? Like, so and it's specifically, I'm talking about Kevin Scott's Dooku Jedi Lost book and audio drama and E.K. Johnston's Ahsoka book. Uh, these are the two books that pe that that the fans are holding up and saying, "Hey, how dare you uh, kick these out of canon with your now with your new Star Wars Tales of the Jedi show?" Uh, and they're they're specifically coming after Dave Filoni, the, the the man who many Star Wars fans consider to be like the savior of the franchise. And and again, that's a lot of pressure to put on any one person. But but Dave Filoni's been telling Star Wars stories for a really long time now, uh, so so you know he a lot of fans give him carte carte blanche. Uh, but again. That's what the internet does. We hold people's feet to the fire, even when we think they have carte blanche. So, so I'm I'm here to kind of tell you that I think a lot of this is is blown out of proportion, uh, specifically in regards to Kevin Scott's Dooku Jedi Lost. Kevin uh, has come out over the weekend on his Twitter, and he has sort of uh, addressed how what they show in the series does work with what he has in his his novel and audio drama. Uh, you know, a few tweaks of dialogue here and there, and it, it all kind of comes together. And I, I think, by and large, he is correct. I don't think there's a lot of of uh, risk with his book being not considered canon. I think you can still read or listen to the audio drama of Dooku Jedi Lost, and it's in crazy enjoyable. It, that is actually one of my favorite books from that I read in like the last year or so. I loved the reading the book of that. It was it was fantastic, and then I listened to the audio drama and had a great time with it as well. So I really like that, and I I think these episodes, the three episodes that that, that pertain to Dooku in Tales of the Jedi, kind of work. It, it kind of comes together. It's a it's a nice little tapestry. There's a few little hitches in it here and there, but I, like I said, like like Kevin said, uh, a, a, a tweak of dialogue here, an extra line of dialogue there, and you can smooth it all out, and it all makes perfect sense. And I, I think it comes together pretty nicely. Uh, in E. K. Johnston's portion of this for the Ahsoka episodes, the three Ahsoka episodes. Uh, the first two Ahsoka ones, well, I, I guess we have to kind of keep it all together because there is sort of the, the notion that, that Filoni's going back and changing things and altering things. And he had worked with EK uh, for the Ahsoka book on, on, on sort of outlining what it was going to be and, and sort of Ahsoka's journey in that novel. Now, the details were left to E.K. Johnston, and, and she did a, a phenomenal job. That book is exemplary. The Ahsoka book is, is pretty fantastic stuff. So the fandom is very much up in arms about the idea that the, the final episode of the season of Tales of the Jedi, uh, Resolve, is, is decanonizing that book. And there are some rougher edges to kind of smooth out 
if that if 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 you want to make these t- these things work harmoniously, if you want to keep EK's book in canon, which I think we all do, uh, and and make the story that Dave Filoni's telling work as well, you know you you have to have a you have to allow a little bit of leeway on some of these things, and you know EK came out over the summer and said some stuff, uh, you know, allowing for the show to exist and saying, no, 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 I think everything's going to be just fine. We're, we're, let's not get worked up here. And then, but Dave Filoni has said some sort of contradictory things in, in interviews with uh, media outlets that sort of make it sound like he's, he was trying to tell that story in 15 minutes, and that's not a great look, uh, particularly because uh, you, in the, in, the, in the Resolve episode of Tale of the Jedi, a major character, if, if Filoni is actually trying to make a like a hyper condensed version of the Ahsoka book in that episode. Uh, he's sacrificing a, a pretty significant character in Caden, uh, a, a character that, that represents a lot of people in the fandom. And a lot of people uh, grew to become a very, very much attached to if, if so the idea that the, that book's not going to be canon and that character in particular will not be canon anymore. I, I understand why that's very, very upsetting to people. And I think they have a right to be upset, and I think they should be upset if that's the case. But, I, again, I, I, I urge caution. I think there's a way that these things all do work together. It's a little bit hinkier in Ahsoka's case. You know, and this is not the first time that uh, Filoni's changed and, and kind of altered a few things to, to suit whatever story he's trying to tell at the time. This this happened very much with uh, with Caden. Excuse me, not Caden. With Kanan, Kanan Jarrus uh, in the in the Kanan comic book series. This sort of was the origin of Kanan before Rebels. Um, and then we get another sort of tweak of that in the opening episode of The Bad Bash in Season 1, where he sort of tweaks and adjusts that origin that he was allowed to outline for that com- for the Kanan comic book series. So this is not the first time we're, we're brushing up against some, some sort of inconsistencies. But I think as fans, we have to, to give these creators a little bit of, of leeway. We have to be sort of flexible with our idea of what is Kanan and continuity. And, and sort of allow for a few hiccups because this is very much a process where you're layering things. You're building on top of, of, of the lore. And you're, you're adding, you're enriching, you're tweaking things, you're adjusting things. And I, th- I think as a fandom, I urge us to be... Um, I, I don't want to say accepting necessarily because, again, if they do something egregious, like if they were to remove Caden from, from canon, I agree that is an egregious mistake. And they need to be held accountable for that because that is a character... That represents uh, a, a significant portion of the fandom, and they deserve representation. So I, I, I'm, I agree with them 100% on that case. Uh, what, I, I'm, what I'm trying to do is give them the benefit of the doubt that these things can all work together, that that book stays in canon, that Caden stays in char- character, and, and you know all the events on Rada, it all happens. This is just sort of another element of Ahsoka's journey. You can disagree with me. Uh, please, if you do, uh, or if you agree with me, reach out. Please tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why you think uh, we're on the same page. It's it's okay. It's okay. Disagreement is allowed. We are allowed to disagree on these things, but it's it's all about having civil discourse and and respect for each other's opinions. That's all that really matters. But I I do think there's a way to make these things work. So that being said, I think it, we can. And now that I have that kind of heavy, deep thinking portion of of. Tales of the Jedi out of the way, we can go ahead and kind of talk about these six episodes. Uh, We're going to group them together. We're going to talk about the Ahsoka 3 and the Dooku 3 because, again, that's sort of our our primary uh, uh, arcs, I guess you'd say, a little three-episode arc here and there, filling in some blanks in Star Wars history. Uh, And it's all prequel-era stuff. 
So we're going to do that on the other side. And you know what that means. Uh, In case you weren't bucketed up already, it's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Let's go again. 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 Well, there you have Anakin doing his best Herb Brooks impression. And yes, that is a reference to the movie Miracle with uh, Kurt Russell as Herb Brooks. So there you go. Worked in that fun reference as well. So (laughs) I guess we'll start off talking about the first, uh, the the Ahsoka arc of the show, which uh, based off of the uh, ratings on IMDb is probably the three highest overall rated shows episodes of the of the first season here but but well you know it's it actually it's hard to say uh, because the averages might it, they might average up to be about the same because uh, life and death is averaging a 7.2 practice makes perfect is an 8.7 and resolves an 8.8 uh, and then an episode one episode of the the uh, Dooku arc is averaging a 9.5 currently so we'll have to see uh, math is fun, so maybe I'll average these out here in a, 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 a little bit later in the podcast, and we'll get a, get an actual answer on that. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about these Ahsoka episodes. The first one is Life and Death, uh, directed by Nathan Villanueva, written by Dave Filoni. The second episode of the Ahsoka arc is episode five, which is Practice Makes Perfect, written by Filoni, directed by Sal Ruiz, and then episode six, written by Filoni and directed by Sal Ruiz. Uh, by and large, I loved every single one of these episodes. I had, uh, I don't have anything negative to say about them. They're 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 fun. They fill in some some space, some gaps, and things. We get to see Ahsoka's early life. I am assuming that is on Togruta. Uh so we're getting to see Togruta for I think one of the first times ever, which is pretty exciting. Um, and we get to see her connection to the Force at an extremely early early age, uh, and it comes into into play to save her life. And it's, I, I, again, I don't have much to say about this one. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's about a, a mother and daughter bonding, uh, but also finding out that your daughter is, is, is destined for bigger things, destined for other things when they, when they hear the word Jedi at the end of the episode. And, and they know that that probably means that they, have a, they don't have much more time left with their daughter if they're going to do the responsible thing and let her sort of grow into her potential. You know, it, it would be fun to explore the idea that maybe her parents were not so much in favor of sending her off to the Order, but that's never been something that's been alluded to in, in Ahsoka's uh, you know, existence. So I, you know, why, why ruffle those feathers now? But again, I, I like the episode. It's, it's straightforward. It's, it's lovely. And I think it's a good way to kick off the show. And, and just, again, you sort of highlight the connection that Ahsoka has to the Force and, and her ability to sort of bond and commune with... with uh, massively dangerous animals <laughs> through the force and, and sort of this inherent bravery that she has about her and the way she sort of carries herself even as a, as, even as a one-year-old infant. So, I, again, I like this one quite a bit. Uh, I, I thought it was a strong opening, no doubt about it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that because I, I just, how much more can you say about a baby Ahsoka? 
I mean, except for the fact, like, uh, <laughs> we, we do continue the trend of now putting baby versions of all the characters out there. It seems to be, like, one of the running gags on the internet is, like, oh, baby this and baby that for Star Wars characters. Like, give me baby, get baby Wookiees are fun, too. And they, baby Wookiees are adorable. Let's not, be, let's not be hasty with that, all right? But, yeah, a, a strong opening number here. My favorite episode of the Ahsoka arc is actually the second one here. The, the practice makes perfect. The one we've played the two sound clips from. Um, I like what, what I really like about this is a, it's, it's probably the biggest star Wars, the clone wars, uh, reunion episode to date. Uh, this has all the familiar characters, uh, the voice actors, I should say, uh, you know, back, not, not just, uh, not just Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka, but you know, we get Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker and D Bradley Baker as Rex and James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan. Uh, so it's it's really nice in that regards. I, I did enjoy it. But what I re also really liked about it was sort of the updated character models they used in in the episode. Uh, you know, you uh, excuse me. The there is it was slightly. Uh, this is gonna sound. This is not a technical term, but it's slightly less cartoony for a cartoon than Star Wars: The Clone Wars is. You know, you you incorporated uh, uh, Ewan McGregor's you know episode two mullet. You know, you you sort of uh, made. Ahsoka, less of a cartoony kid, you know, more of a, of, I don't know, just more of a, you can't say realistic because, again, it's, it's an alien design. But, again, it just looked more natural as opposed to sort of like the extended hyper-reality that is animation, right? Uh, so the, I, I like that they had these new character models. They put these new character models into place. And then because we're, we're telling a story that's, that's very early in Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship, uh, you know, while we're doing the training, montage, the training sequence around the Jedi Temple, uh, we also get to see a lot of familiar faces, a lot of uh, Jedi that we haven't seen in, in, in quite some time uh, kind of come back, just, even, even if they were just background characters. You know, like, uh, like I, I'm going to die is in one of the scenes in the background talking to another Jedi Master. I think it was Oppo Rancis. No, it was... Uh... Darn it, I'm drawing a blank now. But again, you see all these familiar people. And it's like Plo Koon's in, the, in these, these scenes, you know? Yoda, all these great characters. Uh, but I like this episode because, again, it, 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 it highlights Anakin in a very different way than the way we saw him in the films. And that, that's always been one of the strengths of Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated series, was, was sort of a whole new perception on who Anakin was as a Jedi. That Anakin questions not only the, the philosophy and the, and, the, and the strict coda of the Jedi Order, but he's, he questions the training methodology, too, like how it's not functional. It's not real-world applied, uh, applicable, you know? So he, he devises a, a new training that reflects the state of the galaxy that they're in right now, which is a galaxy at war where things are unpredictable, where you don't know, you know, patterns of a training droid are easier to figure out than the random actions of a live soldier. So you, you have this... this a fairly intense training sequence where the 501st is, is basically just, just blasting Ahsoka with stun bolts uh, in an effort to sort of get her to reach a new level of perception and defense. And obviously it comes into play as they show, as they sort of foreshadow at the end of this episode, uh, because it comes into massive effect in season seven of Star Wars The Clone Wars when her and Rex have to face the entire 501st on their, on their own to escape from Order 66. So it, it's a really fantastic sequence. It shows Anakin in a great light as a mentor, as a teacher, uh, giving Ahsoka the tools that she is going to end up using to escape Order 66, to survive Order 66. 
so it, it's a really fantastic episode, and and I I really really like. It just reminding us of that that relationship those two characters have with one another, and and how Anakin and his sort of rebuffing of the Jedi traditions is what saves Ahsoka in the long run because he gives her the tools to fight her way out of a, a what would be a normally unwinnable situation for almost every other Jedi who's been trained the same way over and over again, and we saw them fall like dominoes when Order sixty six was issued. So I really really like this episode of the show uh, i should mention also as well it seemed like the way the episodes air uh, you know the one you know one through six it does seem like there is sort of a loose chronological order of the episodes so from ahsoka's birth then we go into you know and again th- this is sort of the thing like it was presented to me this way that that this is chronologically telling stories but that would also imply that dooku and, and qui-gon have a different thing going on like their, their relationship wasn't quite as old as I thought it was, or they're younger than I think they are in, in, in that episode. So if you guys know anything more about that, let me know. I've read enough things on the internet that it seems like that is what they're trying to go for. But I still sort of think the Dooku and Qui-Gon episode should be first. But that's neither here nor there. That's uh, picking splitting hairs, right? Uh, and then our third episode of the Ahsoka arc is Resolve. Again, this is the, the episode with the most controversy around it. Uh, if, if we are to believe that, that Dave Filoni is attempting to kick out the Ahsoka book from canon and, and, and have this, this more homogenized, uh, concentrated effort replace it. Uh, again, I still think it works, in, at least in my head canon, and, and maybe in your head canon as well, as this is just another step on Ahsoka's journey before she gets to Rada, that this happens on this planet, this unnamed planet with these unnamed farmers. And then she makes her way to Rada or to another planet. Again, I she's she's hiding. You know, it's not just be the first planet to you you get to, and then you're gonna be okay forever and ever and ever. At some point, you know, something happens and, and a Jedi reveals themselves. This is all kind of explored, kind of like the Inquisitor says in the Kenobi show. They can't help themselves. It it just happens. The way things happen, the way things unfold in the Ahsoka book, I think is better. The way she reveals herself in this one's fairly I. I don't think those bales of hay were that heavy, but what do I know? I'm not there. Maybe they're more densely packed than they looked. Now, that droid was struggling a bit with them. So what do I know? But I did enjoy the Inquisitor, the battle with the Inquisitor. Again, Clancy Brown doing the voice of that Inquisitor in particular is always always joyful for me to hear Clancy in the, in the show. Uh, I liked the way Ahsoka dispatches him. Uh, and I, I liked the way the episode opened, the way the episode opened with Ahsoka at Padme's funeral. And when Bail Organa questions her about the whole situation, and, and just the simple answer, she was my friend. Uh, I loved that all so much. So that that was a really great uh, way to, to to kind of open the episode. I, that really kind of got me, got me in the feels right there. And and you know the way, the sort of awkward exchange that that Bail Organa is having with Ahsoka, even though she's not present, and those clone troopers think he's talking to them. Yeah, all good stuff. I, I, and again, uh, as a fan of the Ahsoka novel, I did have my concerns at watching the episode for the first time, trying to wonder if they are they are they kicking out the Ahsoka book from from canon. Uh, but again, I think you can make it work if you if you allow a little leeway, a little latitude, and 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 your head canon can make the adjustments that it needs to make to to have all of, to have this episode and the Ahsoka book work together. But let me know your feelings on that. Again, reach out, tell me what you think. Am I way way off base? I don't know. But yeah, as I said, all three of these are super solid. They're really enjoyable. They're really, really good storytelling going on in them. Uh, but Practice Makes Perfect is my personal favorite of the Ahsoka arc. 
So that's what I'm going to say about that. All right. Uh, we're going to take a little pause. And then we're coming back with the Dooku arc. Be right back. I heard of your report to the council. Tell me about this mysterious attacker on Tatooine. I encountered a highly skilled warrior, one obviously trained in the Jedi arts. And you believe it was a Sith Lord? Yes. I gather the council was not eager to validate that conclusion. No, they were not, Master. I've been warning them about the coming darkness for years. So there you go. That was a clip from The Sith Lord. That was episode four, the third episode in our Dooku arc. Uh, and we'll get to that one in, in, in due course here. Um, but let's go ahead and, and talk about some of the particulars right here. Uh, the Dooku arc consists of the episodes two, three, and four. Uh, episode two is Justice, written by Dave Filoni, directed by Sal Ruiz. The third episode is Choices, directed by Charles Murray, written by Charles and Elan Murray. And I, I think Filoni has the story by credit on that one. I'll double check. And episode four, the third episode of the Dooku arc, is The Sith Lord, directed by Sal Ruiz, written by Dave Filoni. And that episode is chock full of an incredible cast of Star Wars actors and, and even uh, some behind-the-camera talent as well. So uh, we'll talk about that one, in, in, like I said, in, in due time here. Uh, what I like about the Dooku arc is... is it sort of puts uh, like like a like a like a pinpoint on a lot of the stuff from the Dooku Jedi Lost book and audio drama. Uh, it you know those book the, that book that audio drama does a great job of of showing why Dooku will eventually leave the Order. You know it, it does a good job of showing how he begins to mistrust the political system, the Republic itself, and he starts to see the flaws and cracks in the Jedi Order. And there's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, these first two episodes, Justice and Choices in particular, uh, act as a, as, as a way to sort of focus that even a little bit more specifically to kind of highlight his distrust of the Republic, of politicians. And then in, in Choices, it, it, it focuses on the distrust that he's starting to be, have with the Jedi Order, with the Jedi Council in particular. Uh, what's neat about Justice, I think what we all really liked when that, when that episode first opened up, was seeing a young Qui-Gon Jinn as Dooku's Padawan as they're going to a planet, uh, investigating the kidnapping of a senator's son, uh, and we find out that this planet is is being, uh, uh, you know, the, these villages outside of the capital of the planet uh, are 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 starving. They're they're racked with poverty. They're not given any food, and this is that senator's fault. So they, they the villagers had kidnapped the son to draw attention to their plight, uh, and and Dooku and Qui Gon side with these villagers, and the to his credit, the senator's son vows to get his father to give these people aid and, and to not let his, his people starve anymore. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty straightforward episode. Lots of good light, lightsaber action. But you see, you, you see Dooku dance with the dark side in this episode at the end of it as he almost uh, uh, brings his lightsaber down across the senator's head and, and, and ends that. <laughs> you know, he, he, Dooku has little time for the corruption of the Republic. And he, this, this is another example of him seeing that corruption uh, first and foremost. But it is a young Qui-Gon that steadies his hand, that calms him, that walks him back from crossing that line in this particular instance. Uh, in, in the third, epi third episode, in Choices, uh, we see an older Dooku, now without Qui-Gon Jinn at his side, uh, but on a mission with Mace Windu to investigate the death of another, another Jedi Knight. Uh, and again, they find the corrupt political system has... has, has caused a situation has caused uh these, these these royal guards to turn against the senator 
uh, and and they thought the senator was trying to rally the Jedi to to kind of keep the people suppressed, kind of keep uh, the 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 um, exploitation of their planet happening to line the senator's pockets. So again, they root out corruption. This is another piece of of Dooku not wanting to support the the seeing just seeing the corruption of the Republic. It's just another example of that. But also now it turns to the Jedi as well because after they get back, after uh, successfully solving the murder of the fallen Jedi Master, uh, Mace Windu is promoted uh, to Jedi Council. And, and, and Dooku questions all of that. And it's because Dooku and Mace Windu are actually a wonderful contrast of each other. Uh, Mace is... is rigid by the rules by the book guy dooku allows for for a little bit of the, of the living force right like this is something that qui-gon has picked up from him so that's what that's what drives dooku to follow the leads to follow the mystery and unravel what's going on on that planet and what what caused that jedi master to be killed you know their original directive was just to bring the body back but there was there was more to it and you know would mace windu have followed these things up if, if left to his own devices, I, I tend to think he would have because the whole situation was fishy. But it shows the differences between the way that these two Jedi Masters operate and then Mace being the one who's rewarded with the seat on the council uh, because he, of his by-the-bookness. So it, it's, it shows Dooku's uh, lack of trust in, in the orders of the Jedi Council now, too, realizing that they seem to be just pawns of the corrupt senators and politicians and, and the, the bureaucracy that is the dying Republic. Uh, so, so it's, it's, it's nice in that regards. Again, it just sort of puts a pin point, a pin, a, a pinhead on things that we know about Dooku already that were really touched on in greater depth in the Dooku Jedi lost book and audio drama that I do highly recommend. Uh, and then we get to the third episode of his arc, which is episode four, of Tales of the Jedi, The Sith Lord. And this is the episode that is just filled with, with everything. Not only do we have Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn, we have Bryce Dallas Howard voicing Yaddle, we have Ian McDiarmid as, the, as, as Palpatine. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's good stuff. And, and Yaddle, a character that had been largely forgotten since the uh, re-canonizing after the, the, the Disney acquisition, right? Uh, Yaddle had a fate, had a, more of a history, in the old expanded universe, it's been thrown out the window, and she had to kind of become a forgotten character. Uh, this is really our first time seeing her in new canon since the Phantom Menace. Uh, and not only do we learn that she doesn't speak like Yoda, uh, she speaks like Bryce Dallas Howard. How about that? <laughs> no, it's a really nice touch. I, I liked that, and and I I sort of appreciate the fact that Yoda, uh, his his speech pattern is very unique to Yoda. So I like that very very much. Uh, I I like her interactions with Dooku and Qui-Gon. I like her pursuit of Dooku, knowing that something's going on, something is uh, suspicious, something is afoot. Uh, the great moment of her, when you, you think Dooku's killed her and she raises that door up with the, her last breath, uh, the, the Force as her ally. So many great moments in this episode. I mean, this is probably, well, I, I, again, this is a slippery slope. You don't want to say it's the most Star Warsy of the Star Wars shows, uh, episodes in, of Tales of the Jedi, I should say. But it, it's a really nice episode, and it, it does put a bow on on Yaddle as a character. But it also so, sort of cements Dooku going to the dark side, going to Palpatine, and 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 being the next uh, apprentice, right? Being the next one up, because they talk about they talk about Maul. They talk about because this episode starts 
during the events of the Phantom Menace, right? Like we see Dooku in the library erasing the information on Kamino that Obi-Wan will go looking for in Attack of the Clones. Uh, and then we get to post-Phantom Menace after Qui-Gon's death and Dooku going to Palpatine and, and confronting him and saying, you've gone too far. Qui-Gon could have been an ally. Uh, you know, and now Darth Maul's dead and blah, you know, it, it's, it's, I shouldn't say blah, blah, blah. No, but it's because it, it's a wonderful back and forth between the two. Uh, you know, each has lost an apprentice in a sense, right? Like Qui-Gon, uh, Qui-Gon was Dooku's and he lost him. And Maul was Palpatine's and Palpatine lost him. So it, it's sort of this interesting back and forth between the two as, as their relationship is sort of cemented by Yaddle's uh, interference and attempt to bring Dooku back to the dark to the light side of the force excuse me and again it's not highlighted enough in this episode but dooku is out of the order by this point like that is sort of like the thing we need to remind ourselves here dooku's out he still has privileges though like yoda had had made it clear that he could kind of come and go as he needed as he pleased he had uh it had been intimated that he had met with the council on on occasions after becoming the count of sereno and 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 that's the thing we have to keep in mind that's where a lot of people are sort of bumping up against uh, against this story, kicking the Kevin Scott Let Jedi Lost book out of canon. Uh, those allowances are in, the, are in the book. They talk about it. Yoda says these things. Yoda tells him to keep his lightsaber. Yoda tells him that you know the Force has a will of its own. You 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 know you may be a Jedi. Jedi is more than just a word. It's a thing. So I, I think it's all kind of in there. You just have to, have to look at the material in the right way and let your head canon kind of morph around the new layer that we're getting to Dooku's mythology. And it's a great episode. It's a lot of fun. It's it's This is the highest rated of the episodes on the IMDb. And uh, it seems to be everyone's favorite because it is, you know, dark side versus light side. You, like, you have a really good battle here between the two. And again, I think it was a lot of fun for fans to kind of get to connect with Yaddle in a way that we haven't uh, in an extremely long time, unless you're an old guy like me and you remember Yaddle being in the comic books. And, and them having her talk like Yoda and, and go on missions with other Jedi Knights and she's sort of just like the female Yoda. <laughs> and it's uh, it, it's nice to have her be a different character who stands on her own in this episode. And I'd actually like to see more. If they do a second season of Tales of the Jedi, like, let's, you know, and if you want to keep it in prequel era, fine, that's cool, we, but we can have more, we can have more Yaddle. We can go on adventures with Yaddle. It doesn't have to be focused on uh, big main characters. I think that was a good idea for this first season to connect us with a, gr- a great hero like Ahsoka and the big bad of the Clone Wars era shows in particular, which is Count Dooku. So I like that element of it. But if we're going to have a show called Tales of Jedi, let's talk about more more Jedi. Let's get into some of the ones that didn't get a lot of spotlight. Let's let's get wild. Let's get crazy. Let's tell some stuff before from before the Clone Wars even uh, and, and, and kind of just keep expanding the mythology. That, that's sort of my... A uh, big takeaway here uh, from from the show. Like, I'd love to see more of it, but like, let's get nuts. Let's go back even more into the canon. Like, let's go into the High Republic. Let's go into Knights of the Old Republic. Let Let's just tell stories from across the Star Wars spectrum. Uh, I am reminded of a, uh, a a popular expression by our good friend Rural Farm Boy. Tell me a Star Wars story. It seems like a simple mantra, but it works. Tell me a Star Wars story, and I will watch it, and I will. Uh, more than likely, be entertained. And that's all I require. So I don't think I have anything else to say about the series. Uh, I, I plan on rewatching it again here very, very soon. Uh, it's delightful. It's entertaining. It's a lot of fun. It's a Star Wars goodness. It's a darn good Star Wars story. So I hope Rural Farm Boy 
is happy because I am too. <laughs> yeah, so let's get out of here because I got to start getting prepped because I got Andor to do next week. My goodness, you're going to get this on Halloween and then Andor on Wednesday. It's like the good old days where we did two episodes a week. Holy smokes. Prepare yourselves. Can you just keep the buckets on all day, every day? All right, another reminder to uh, follow us on social media, tag us on things, hit me up. Uh, I'd love to interact with everybody. So remember, we are uh, we are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If you are inclined to do so, Sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews are always appreciated. They truly help the small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle of that terrible algorithm that we fight every single day. Uh, if you'd like to help the show in other ways, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash where you can become a part of Buckethead Nation by becoming a Mandovision maniac. You'll get the access to sweet, sweet, sweet bonus content, extra shows, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, and you'll get to hang out with rad people like the Aspinel Chody. The Batman of Bayho, Jeff Nail. Jeff's got a great podcast called The Reunion. Check it out. Face the Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard. The New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Our very own Joker, Harley Quinn. Brian and Krista, Pariah Brewing Company in Baltimore, Maryland. The Beer Hop, Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. The Silent Assassin, he who should not be named. <laughs> oh boy. He who should not be named. And Syndicate Ram, Kozo, come on, it's still good. A great movie podcast. And a frequent collaborator on this podcast as well. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll be back extremely soon for episode nine of Andor. Get ready. All right, Bucketheads. You know this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way.